Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Real Deal Hockey with Bundy and Bill. We're very happy today to be joined by Phantom's assistant coach, Carrie Huffman. Um, Carrie's one of my favorite people in hockey, not just because he's a super nice guy, but also because Carrie brings a very unique perspective as somebody who, who played the game, you know, uh, at the NHL level, was in the NHL at 18, you know, and, and had a, has a lot of experiences that were tied in with that. I mean, when a, when a guy's a first round pick and all of a sudden you're, you're playing for Mike Keenan on a Stanley cup contender, it's a, it's a whole different world you're jumping into. And that certainly had impact, I think on, on Kerry's career. And then, then after hockey, Kerry moved in, he was, uh, you know, to other, another side of the game, Kerry was a, was a hockey agent for some years. And then he jumped on the coaching side as well. So Kerry brings a, a lot of uh, perspective and a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, different viewpoints. He's seen the game from Vaughn's vantage point. So uh, thank you for joining us today, Kerry, and we'll, we'll get into it here. Um, you know, the Phantoms are coming off in an unbelievable season um, last year, winning a division title, getting to the, to the conference final. And you're, you seem to be pretty well situated for next year. There's a lot of continuity. A lot of the leadership core is back. You know, uh, Scott Gordon is back. You're, you're back but also the, the veteran group and, and a bunch of new faces as well. I'm sure you're uh, looking forward to getting going here. Yeah, definitely. It was, um, it was a, a fun year, actually a fun couple of years and, and um, nice to have uh, the majority of, of the guys back. Um, it looks like we're going to have back. So hopefully it, it's just something we can continue to build on and keep, uh, keep improving the culture and, and, and making it a good place for the young guys to play. Offer you and me were teammates many years ago, and uh, you know I have to ask you now only because of the sense for the defenseman now compared to going back into the '80s when you played, '90s when I was there. What is the biggest difference now? You see, I mean, we see the size. I, I mean, I see a shift in the size of defensemen now, but they're still big guys. It's just that it's it's now it looks like the game in general has allowed for the smaller puck-moving defensemen uh, to kind of invade the NHL or the pro hockey scene more so uh, than we saw in the 80s when you had like few guys like Paul Coffey, who was not a super small guy. But is that the way you see, see things changing now, and how does that change the way you approach it now as a coach? Yeah, I, I think uh, it, it's a great point. Obviously, the, the speed of the game is it's a lot different than we, when we played Bundy, but... Um, um, I think if you, you know, if you look back to even, even 10, 15 years ago that, you know, you'd have maybe, uh, half your forwards would be excellent skaters. And, and now it's, it's like, you've got four lines to contend with and, and it seems like everybody, everybody can play with pace and everybody can, can skate. So I think in terms of, of the position of defense, it's obviously evolved a little bit where, um, you know, maybe just the, the big slow footed bruising guy, um, is sort of been, been pushed out of the game a little bit, but, um, some smaller players, like you said, um, can play, but even the smaller guys are just, they're so well conditioned and they're so strong now, um, that, that they can compete at that level. And, and if you, if you're an excellent skater, whether it's the AHL level, the NHL level, chances are there's, there's a place for you if you, if you move the puck well and, and skate well. And that's, I think, 
um, you know, what we're seeing in terms of the players that we're having come through. How much do you think that the um, change in, in the rules, but also the emphasis on, on so much so much a puck possession game these days, is, is there still is there still room in the game for the, you know, maybe not the the old school defensive defenseman, but a guy whose job is to you know play play on the boards, um, box out in front, and you know maybe he just makes a, a simple first pass, but you know maybe he's not a big breakout pass guy, but you know is there is there still room for that kind of player in the game to up to the NHL level? Do you think? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Obviously, um, not every guy is going to be a, a power play uh, point man who's going to get get a lot of points from the blue line. But if you're if you're you know a bigger body guy that still moves well and like you said makes that first outlet pass and is, is very reliable. I mean, heck, uh, any any team wants guys like that. Uh, there's there's always place, places in the lineup for for a player uh, that does those things. But uh, everybody has to make plays, and whether that's the first breakout pass out of out of uh, out of your zone or or plays in the neutral zone, it's important that uh, that they can be useful in terms of of handling and managing the puck. Offer, you've had a chance to deal with um, and work with and coach a lot of these young defensemen, really. Uh... Uh, for for a couple of years now, you came over as as Bill said in the open. You were a uh, player representative. Now you've had an opportunity to coach. You, you've seen uh, the young guys, and, and what is your impression of of the players that are on the cusp of making that change? Uh, you know, Travis Sanheim, Phil Myers to be just two, I guess, the more prominent names. Sam obviously comes back uh, next spring or, or late winter with the ACL injury, the knee injury. How how is their development coming from your standpoint, and how close are they to being full time NHL players? Well, it, it's been uh, you know it's been a real blessing to get to work with with kids like this who who are you know have that high end ability. Um, it's it's I'm, I'm really grateful to have that opportunity. At first, I I wasn't sure how it was going to be. I'd been coaching at the, at the junior level as well as some some youth and you wonder how it's going to be transitioning back into, into the professional game. But these guys are, are first and foremost, they're, they're excellent people. They're just excellent kids. And, and um, you know, whether you see Travis or, or, or Hager and, and Phil Myers, Sam, all of them, they want to come to the rink and they're very, very open to, to learning, to growing, and they've got that growth mindset. So I think, you know, that's real exciting. It's hard to say, um, you know, really, how they're going to be. I think they're, they're all very, very excellent prospects still. I still think that, um, you know, there, there's some growth there. Obviously they're all, all pretty sure. young as well in terms of, in terms of defensemen, but um, there's a real big, big upside to, to all these kids. So um, it, it, it was real rewarding to work with them and, and just to see how professional they were and, and how, how hard they, they work at their game at becoming better. I think that's what's most encouraging about it all. And I'll put in, put another name out there, Mark Friedman. Um, you know, that yep. camp last last September, um, we doing the bag skates at the early in camp and he was lapping guys. I mean he was way ahead of the pack there in, in the skating drills. And uh then the then there was the uh the prospects game against the Islanders prospects and, and Mark had a had a heck of a game that day. And then, you know, gets the Phantoms camp and the season starts and a little bit of reality hit him where you know, the jump from the collegiate game to the pros was, was pretty difficult for him at times. He, he you know, wasn't always going to the right places. He was struggling a little bit without the puck making some reads. It seemed to me that as the season went along, he settled in and, and got on track. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe there were some hiccups here and there, but it, but it seemed to me that he kind of ended in a pretty good place over the, 
over the course of the season. What did you see from Mark from September until uh, till the end of the playoffs? Yeah, Bill, uh, you, you pretty much nailed it. Um, I think Mark uh, had a little bit of, of, of a tough goal in terms of adjusting to, to the game. Um, and But to his credit, he, he, he made some really, really great strides um, Starting in about, you know, I'm going to say about January. I think the first few months he really, he really, I think maybe struggled with with the, you know, just the, the size of the league, the, you know, the speed, just everything some of the young defensemen do. And, and and Travis went through the same kind of period as well the year year before. But um, you know, Freedy worked really hard. We spent a lot of time. Scott Gordon and myself spent a lot of time with him uh, in the video room. We, and, and to his credit, he studied hard. He worked very hard. And by the end of the season, I mean he was, you know, he was in our top six. He was put paired with T.J. Brennan most of the most nights, and um, and became a real, real valuable player for us down the stretch. So, you know, we're anxious to see how he how he does over the summer. He's got uh, he knows what he needs to work on and and get better at and um, really looking forward and anxious to see what he's, what he's going to be like at training camp. Well, for more on a, on a fun note, you guys, and I know you texted me the day after, but uh, the Philadelphia Flyers organization seems to have this uh, uh, way about being involved in humongous playoff games, Uh, big time, long playoff games. I was involved, of course, in 2000 in the Pittsburgh five-overtime game, and you, as a coach, were involved this past spring uh, in Charlotte in that amazing, was it 2-1, I believe, uh, the, the win. How, what was that like for you as a coach? Because I know on the other side, uh, I'm glad we had two days off in between. What I did forget to tell you, Kerry, the next day was, uh, by the way, the team that loses that game has absolutely zero chance of winning the series. <laughs> And that's that's exactly what happened. But but uh, what uh, what was that experience like for you? Because I I know it was it was certainly the buzz of the Delaware Valley the next day. Well, well one of the funny things was um, initially, like I think it might have been you know the next day after I got up and I started to think about your game, that, thinking back to that game, and, yeah. I, and I was exa- I was exhausted coaching. I couldn't even imagine what playing was like. Just standing back there, I was like. Oh my gosh, my my back sore, my knees are sore, everything hurts. And uh, I, I, Scott Gordon and I had a good chuckle about it. I'm like, Gordo, I said, I don't know how they feel, but I feel I'm just gassed. So amazing to see yeah. what what you guys went through, and, and it was amazing to see what our, our guys went through to uh, to kind of suck it up and get through that. And and like you said, Bunny, it was it was sort of a a real backbreaker in terms of whatever team would would lose that game. It was probably oh, going to be pretty tough sure. to come come back from. And, uh, so our guys, it was, it was, you know, it was pretty, pretty impressive to see. I know it was a game we had, we lost Sam Moran in very early in the game. So we had, you know, basically five defensemen that had played, you know, the, the entire five, uh, overtime periods in the game. So it was, uh, it was pretty amazing. You see a a kid like Phil Myers playing 66 minutes in one night. I mean, it's just (laughs) just incredible. And and he might've looked as fresh in the 66 minute as he did in, in the 30th. So, it was uh, it was pretty impressive to see, and and uh, I think it's 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 something those guys will will remember the rest of their lives, and, and uh, great experience for them. Terry, I know even before even before you got you know the uh, assistant coach role with the Phantoms, developing young players and and kind of impressing upon them what it takes to be a pro is, is something that from your own experiences was very important to you. You know whether it was your work in Wilkes-Barre, you know, just conversations that I, that I had with you a few times where we talked yeah. about, you know, the young players making, making in the league back when you were playing, there was no such thing as a as developmental coaches that role didn't exist. 
you know, play, young players were kind of thrown in the water and you, you sank or you, you know, sank or swim, right? Um, yep. You know, now, now there's several developmental coaches. Teams are, teams are invested in, in developing these players. I, I, it's really kind of a two-part question here. First of all, you know, do you look back and, and wish that that, that had been available to you as a young player because you, you had, you know, you had a career in the NHL that, you know, most guys would gladly take. And you, you had, you know, you, you finally were able to get a coach that believed in you, I think in, in Bill Deneen, where you were able to, were able to play and you had your, I think your best year in the NHL, you, your the final year with the Flyers before they trade to Quebec for Lindros, you, you were able to play and you showed some of what you could do. It was it was a long journey to get to that point though, and it might have been a smoother journey had you had, you know, had you had development resources available to you. So, you know, how much of a help do you think it is the young players to have those resources for them? And secondly, as a coach, how gratifying is it for you where you see the things that you've been working on, whether it's whether it's footwork, whether it's you know positional kind of things, whether it's just just reads you were talking to, showing them video, where you see it start to click. With some of these young players, and then it becomes habit. Yeah, obviously. I mean that that's the, the the greatest you know thing about coaching is is to see things like that happen. And and thinking back, obviously, I and, you know I talked to, to Ron Hextall a lot about this. Um, you know, before coming on board, we we talked about playing at such a young age and maybe being rushed along and and not really developing in in the, in the proper steps that that you know these kids are, are challenged with today, but obviously the, the resources the teams have now and in, in terms of, of the development coaches and you get a guy like Shell Samuelson who's who's played as much as he has and, and the success he's had to be working with these kids prior to them even coming to us or to the Flyers. That's a great, great um, advantage in terms of, of just everybody kind of pitching in and doing their little part to help these guys get better and hopefully one day, you know, contribute to the Flyers. And that's that's really what it's all about. But you know, the second part of, of what you had asked in terms of, of the, the rewarding part of it, obviously, yeah, when you, when you get to see, a, you know, a Robert Haig get, get through us and have a great year and then, and then get up and, and start to make an impact with the Flyers. I mean, that, that's really rewarding. And some of these other young guys as well, too, obviously, they're, they're, they're close, but um, we'll see how they perform when they get there. Well, for an interesting thing, you're just talking about, about, about coaching in general and really working with these young guys. And, and this is not really a shot at a Mike Keenan or Ken Hitchcock, who obviously I played for Hitch and I know Mike Keenan well, but is there room for guys like that coaching in today's game where there's a lot of demeaning involved, uh, they put guys down to try to get results? Because to me, the way I see it, it looks like a universal approach by GMs across the league that they're getting coaches that are more tailored to the individual rather than the group. So if a guy is a sensitive type of person, you don't want a guy like Mike Keenan just absolutely dropping the barrel of the gun on this guy every single day. It looks it, just, it looks to me, just from a standpoint of across the league or hockey in general, that they're hiring more uh, people's people that are able to communicate better with these kids. Yeah, I think I think that's a big key to it, Bundy, is, is the communication piece now. I think kids... Kids now, when when I say kids, I mean some of them are, are twenty, twenty one, twenty two years old when, right. when, when we they're get kids. them. But but they're, they're they're but they're kids, and 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 they're very uh, obviously it's it's a lot different now in terms of they they don't just want to be told something they want that they want to know the why as well. They want to know exactly you know why you're telling them to do something that way. And, and I think that 
that coaching has gone through that evolution in terms of, of guys being more open to communicate what they're, what they're thinking. I think, think back to our, some of the coaches we had, it was, it was you know, always my way or the highway. Right. And I think now that, you know, these, these kids, you'll get a lot more out of them if you're willing to, you know, obviously you can be, you, you be assertive. And, and at the end of the day, the head coach makes the decision and that's the way it's going to go. But if you can communicate properly why you're doing something to these guys, I think you, you, you get a lot more out of them and the relationship is a lot stronger. And, and at the end of the day, once they realize that, that um, you know, you want what they want in terms of their development and you're all on the same page. And I, I think that that's, that's sort of the way the coaching um, side of things has, has evolved over the last few years, for sure. You have a lot of new faces coming to the, uh, Phantoms this season, a lot, of, a lot of young kids, as you were, we were just talking about how, you know, working with them and, and bringing them aboard. You do have a lot of, you know, well-established veterans. Colin McDonald's still there. TJ is still there, TJ Brennan. So there are yeah. some, some guys to, to mentor them. But, you know, you have uh, – and it's an interesting collection. I mean, we can, we can start with Carter Hart, where he's coming off of – I mean, you, you could argue that nobody's ever had a better junior – junior hockey goaltending career than Carter did. No no CHL goalies ever won goalie of the year twice there. Nobody in the Western League ever won goalie of the year three times. So you, you could make that argument for Carter. Now he's coming into a situation where, you know, Alex Lyon is still knocking on the door of the NHL. If, if there's an opportunity, he'll go up. But, you know, you're you're looking potentially at having to juggle three goalies to begin with. Stoli is coming back off of an injury. And, you know, he'd been in the NHL a year before and, and, and held his own at that level. So it's it's going to be a new challenge for him. Or at the beginning, there's you know it, it's not going to just be his net. He's going to have to earn that time, and it's kind of starting over again. So I I think the goaltending the goaltending outlook looking into the season, you know there, there's the old there's there's an old saying in hockey, of course, if you if you have three goalies, you don't have one. But that's not the case with the fans, where you actually have three very you know very good goalies actually going into the season, and uh, Carter's going to have to kind of earn his stripes before you know before. Uh, you know, before the net is his potentially, and before he might be looking at a call up. So I think that's that's a good place to start. Where, you know, where are you where are you looking in terms of where things might go with, with the goalies heading into the season? Yeah, obviously it's exciting to get Carter uh, in in here and and having him turn turn pro at this point, and and everybody's excited to to see what he's had. Obviously, what he's done at the junior level is it speaks for itself. Um, but there's always you know there's always an adjustment, especially for goalies defensemen forwards everybody it's it's a big big step to to the pro game whether it's um you know our level or the nhl level so you know carter's gonna have to come in he's gonna have to to play well and like you said earn the net we've got uh three three good goalies at this point and we'll, we'll see how everything shakes out but uh the one great thing i think with with management's obviously done a real good job with with the young prospects and the amount of of competition that there is down there now um competition for ice time power play time penalty kill time you know the net whatever it is so i think that that's a real benefit in terms of we look at it as a way to, to you know further help develop these guys if they're if they're competing with their teammates for ice time and, and playing time then then that's great i mean i think that's that's just something that's going to make everybody better and hopefully we can continue you know to do that in a, in a winning environment as well Huffer, last question for me here, and it, it really is, is about um, the relationship between the Flyers and the Phantoms. And, and, and I know some people may not know that, but how, how important is it to 
uh, intertwined systems per se, so that if there are call-ups, and there was a lot of call-ups last year as there is every year, uh, that there is that coordination between, you know, Dave Haxtell's group uh, and you and Scott Gordon and Lehigh, that those players, uh, you know, kind of meet a, a similar uh, a similar site when they come up to the NHL or vice versa. So how important is that? How much communication goes on between the staffs uh, and the managements of both sides? Well, I, I think there's a pretty good knowledge and understanding um, in terms of, of the prospects and what we have down with us um, and who are the, the viable players to, to, to go up when there is a call-up situation, depending on, you know, what role, depending on, on uh, you know, the position, depending on a lot of different things. I think that uh, uh, one, one of the things that's happened over the last couple of years is, has been uh, – a lot of knowledge. I've, you know, I've talked with Gord Murphy quite a bit in terms of of the young defensemen specifically, but I know I know Gordo has the same uh, thing going on with, with with the other coaches with Hack and and the guys in terms of the forwards as well. So there's there's a lot of knowledge in terms of of you know who we have, who's available, what's what's happening. So um, that side of it is 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 pretty neat to see, and I and I think. I think both staffs are pretty, pretty excited uh, about it. I know when, when we look at it, like when one, when one of our guys gets called up, we can't wait to watch him up there and see how he does. And, and uh, it's the same thing with, with those guys. The, the NHL coaches are, are pretty well aware of, of what all our young guys are doing. And they're always anxious to hear on, on how they're doing. So yeah, it's good. And final thing for, for me, Huff is, uh, you know, we're building on what you were just talking about with Bundy in, in um, you know, specific case with with a couple of young players on the team. You know, uh, we'll we'll start with Nick Albe Kubel. You know, a guy who was a big scorer in junior yeah. hockey in the Quebec League. Um, his pro role, his NHL role, is probably going to be a little bit different than that. You know, more of a more of a uh, a lower half of the line, a bottom six, maybe third line kind of guy. Kills penalties. Had a had a tough first season. I don't I don't I think Nick would be the first one to say that. And then last year, it seemed like to a large extent the the light bulb started to click with him so you know could you kind of walk through what, what his process was like okay you know he, he's making the transition to being a pro and then the second year he kind of hits the ground running a little bit more is preparing to be a little bit closer to NHL ready and then then another guy I'd like to ask about too is uh is Mikhail Vorobia because he had the also had the challenge of coming over you know had couldn't speak much English at all a year ago um had some injury issues and was this guy who in the World Juniors led the tournament assists with 10 of them, you know, and a really good setup guy, really good passer, but he has to adapt to the rank. He has to adapt to uh, playing the 200-foot game over, over, you know, over in, this, over in this style of play. And I uh, was set back, as I said, like several times by injuries. So kind of walk through what their process was in the last year to illustrate your point of how you're – you know, you're developing these guys to be, to be ready to step into what the Flyers will need them to do. Yeah, sure. So, so Nick, uh, Kubel, uh, he, like you said, he, he had had a tough year two years ago and, and I think he really, he, he took him a while to grasp really what it, what it would take to be a pro. I think, I think one of the things that happens with some, some real talented kids that are coming out of, out of junior or even college is that, there might be a tendency to think, well, just what they did at that level, they're going to be able to automatically do it at the pro level. And, and obviously it doesn't work that way, but you know, sometimes as a young player, you have to go through it and experience it rather than just being told. Um, and, and I think that's what Nick did, but 
you know, to his credit, he came in this year and, and he really, really was a, a real solid player for us. Five on five. I think he had, you know, he, he really had a lot of points in terms of league wide, what he did. And, and, uh, he really stepped up his game. He's a, he's a, a, a strong, strong kid. He can, he can hit, he can skate, um, and he can put the puck in the net. So he's got a, a really high ceiling. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, what, what he does come, come training camp and, and how, you know, how prepared, uh, he'll be at that time. I'm excited to see him and, and how he'll do. Like I said, he was for the most part of the year, he was, he took uh, huge steps and, and he's a real interesting player in my opinion. And, uh, and Misha Vorobiev, Mika Mikhail, he uh, he did great too. Like you said, I think the coming over from from Europe and adjusting to the to the smaller ice surface, um, it took him a little while to get that. Um, but as the season went on, uh, he just he became a real solid player for us. Um, we started to use him on the penalty kill as well, which um, was it was a bonus. We weren't really sure if he was gonna gonna be a good penalty killer, but he's a big long. Uh, he's got a long stick, big body, and he, and he, uh, uh, he's a smart, smart player. I think it, at times he, he may pass a little bit more than, than, uh, when he has opportunities to shoot, but I think that's part of the game he started to work on a little bit. And, uh, like I said, he was, re- he was a real good player for us as well. And, and he's another guy that, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he does at the NHL level. Good stuff, Kerry. Uh, and you know what? We, we'll look to catch up more with you as the season moves on. That was uh, that was terrific. And uh, thanks very much for your time today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Kerry. Always a pleasure. And uh, we want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in to the latest episode of uh, Real Deal Hockey with Bundy and Bill. Uh, we'll be back next week with a, with another special guest. We'll be take a little bit more of a, a league-wide look around the NHL, um, but also talk about what the Flyers have done uh, this off-season. And we will we're looking forward to uh, catching up with uh, Kerry uh, at some point again during the season to come. Um, as I said, it's always always a pleasure to hear from him. So again, thank you everybody for tuning in, and we'll catch up with you soon. Have a great weekend. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.